This is Music Farmer, and my name really is Ben Grimm. Another day, another taco. Although I've had a lot of soup in my diet recently, my lovely girlfriend is great at making the soups. Get that a lot. Many, many uses for that, of course, with cold weather and being sick, so on and so forth. And I think I needed soup before I did this interview the other day. Did not get enough sleep, I, I don't think. Not enough sleep, and when that happens, I turn into a stammering maniac. Was really excited to do this interview and sit down with Barbara Skorud, and someone that's been in the radio industry a long time, and that's someone that supports the music scene here. Took some doing. She's a busy gal. So this is a great conversation. Let's go to that. Here's Barbara Joe. So on the show now, I have Barbara Skorud, who many know by the name of Barbara Joe, who's I've known for a long time, and she's a family friend and a someone who I admire and, and look up to and respect. I've been trying to get her on the show for a while, and I've been excited about that. Thanks for coming, Barbara. Oh, you bet. It's great to be here, Ben. You have, uh, you have a tiny baby in your purse right now. I do. I have a tiny, tiny little plastic baby. <laughs> <laughs> Mardi Gras. You got, the king, you got uh, some I king did. cake today. I did. Had some king cake already today, and evidently I'm going to have a party sometime soon. I guess that's part of the uh, obligation of uh, having the piece of cake with the baby in it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you've, so you've been in radio a long time. So let's you know let's start let's start there and I wanted to really talk about you coming to Austin and the you know your the heyday of radio and you starting in radio and, and those things. Well, I always wanted to be in radio even as a little girl uh, growing up in Minnesota when there was hardly any women in radio unless they were reading a recipe from the American Dairy Association or something on WCCO was the big station in the Twin Cities. Uh, but I did used to listen to a girl on WLS Chicago at night, Yvonne Daniels. I would stay up until after midnight listening to her on the radio, even when I was in like junior high, because she was a woman who introduced songs that I wanted to be a DJ. Uh, so I ended up uh, being on the high school uh, speech team, and my teacher suggested that I talk to the local radio station about being an intern because he thought I had a nice voice. So I did that for two years. I interned at a little station in Minnesota near my hometown, uh, Red Wing. And then later, I ended up going to Brown Institute in Minneapolis, and which was in the day when radio announcers needed a first-class license to be able to be alone in a station so that they know they would know how to turn on a transmitter if necessary. So I got a first-class FCC license and ended up working at a country station for my full-time job later after being an intern again at a news station in Minneapolis. But I wanted to do music, so I ended up doing country music at a station called KLOH on the Pipestone, Minnesota border in the mid-'70s. And uh, while I was there, I would go to shows of artists like uh actually in minnesota i saw marsha ball uh play at the caboose bar in uh, minneapolis i also saw waylon willie um asleep at the wheel jerry jeff walker uh katie moffett 
at the St. Paul Civic Center and later in Brookings, South Dakota at the University of South Dakota there. And uh, at the station I was at, at KLOH, we were lucky enough that our music director was very tuned into the progressive country scene. So we were already playing people on the air like Rusty Weir, uh, Doug Som, uh, even Joe Ely. I remember playing Fingernails wow. yeah. really well. And I had a dream of coming to Austin, Texas and playing music like that all the time. And I can't lie, getting out of the snow, too. And, getting, and escaping the snow. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's what, most people, that's what most people come down here for, usually, isn't it? Yeah, that's definitely a factor, definitely. I did come down here on an exploratory trip to Austin. Uh, actually, it was, uh, I'm trying to remember what artist said to me, what's a sweet girl like you doing in a cold place like this? You ought to come down to Austin. And so I did. In February of 1979, I did an exploratory trip. Like, could I get a job in radio in Austin, Texas? I'd already been uh, offered a job in radio in North Texas and Wichita Falls and decided I really want to go to Austin, whatever I need to do. And I interviewed at several stations, and all of them offered me a job at three different stations here in the late 70s if I could start in the next two weeks. And I couldn't. I had to go back to Minnesota and settle my business there and make arrangements to move. And uh, so that was pretty exciting. I thought there would be something here for me, definitely, if I moved here. So I found that out. And I also got to see my first show in Austin, which was Doug Som at Soap Creek. And it was when Soap Creek Saloon was on North Lamar. And, and that, was this, in the, that was out in the country then? It was then... And it had been the Skyline nightclub where Hank Williams had played. Wow. And also Johnny Horton. Okay. And for a while, it was the Soap Creek Saloon that was after the uh, the one on Bee Caves Road. And uh, it was a fabulous show, and it just made me want to move here all the more. And I did make it back here in October of 79. I just moved here and thought, I'm going to make my life and work in radio in Austin. And uh, the person that was interested in me at KVET, the program director, had already moved on to another station. And uh, so no one ever heard of me when I came back, and there wasn't a job available. And uh, so I had to come up with Plan B, and I saw that Willie Nelson was making a movie here in Austin called Honeysuckle Rose. And if he wanted to be an extra in it, to write to somebody at, staying at the Driscoll Hotel. So they wanted someone uh, who had a, would give them a long-time obligation of working at least six weeks to be in a family picnic scene in Fisher. And I thought, I am available. I'm not doing anything else right now, and I need a job. And it actually paid $30 a day and barbecue. And Nice deal. That was a good deal. And you got to hang deal. around with people like uh, Willie and his band, out in Fisher. Kenneth Redgill was also there. He was in many scenes. Uh, Johnny Gimble, and I, I saw Marsha Ball there again uh, with her little boy. And it was a wonderful experience. And uh, I started in October, and it ended up just after Thanksgiving that scene was done. And I thought, now what am I, what am I going to do? I got offered a part-time job at KOKE, which was a country station 
not uh, the old progressive one, but it was Sterling Country, and they offered me a part-time job. And the same day, I got offered a full-time job at KVET because I kept <laughs> calling them. So, of course, I took that one. So I was on KVET from December 1979 until March 1985 and uh, got to meet a lot of my country heroes and uh, had wonderful experiences there. I really did. Was that before that movie? Was that before or after he did, uh, what was it, Redheaded Stranger? It was before. Was before? It was before Redheaded Stranger. Okay. Yeah. Slim yeah. Pickens was in it also. Yeah? Yeah. It was a, a great, a Diane uh, Cannon was in it and Amy Irving as well. And these, and that's so, that's just so exciting to me talking about, or just the thought of those days where you could, you could go, you had a periodical, you had a printed uh, piece of, you know, piece of literature you could go to to look for and find jobs in radio. Yes, uh, before I moved here, I actually had sent my uh, audition tape and resume uh, to some stations that I found in Radio and Records, which was like the Bible of the radio industry. And people would, that's where you would find your next job, was in Radio Records, send tape and resume. So I was, it's really wonderful that we had that then. So you, you get out quite a bit, more more shows than a young buck like myself. It's impressive. <laughs> You get out to a lot of a lot of st- a lot of shows. I do, yes, I do, because I have to say that uh, music has been the longest relationship probably I've ever had in my life. That was uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, totally uh, a good experience, always a good experience, and not that the human experience isn't wonderful, of course, too. But s- there's nothing like seeing live music that. I Larry Monroe was a good friend of mine who was on KUT forever doing Blue Monday and then later was one of the instrumental people at KDRIP, now Sun Radio, that Larry and I both, and he was from the North as well, he was from Michigan, and uh, we both loved hearing live music and just felt so lucky to live in Austin where almost every night of the week you could see somebody wonderful. Do you think the broken spoke is going to be able to hang on for uh, a lot longer, or you you think those you think it's a scary days are numbered type thing being wedged in between all that stuff over down there? I think they will. I think they will because of the historical significance of the broken spoke. Uh, and I don't have any insider information, really. Uh, it is sort of scary to see it looking so small with all the new buildings around it now. Yeah. But I just. Uh, I'm so grateful for the Broken Spoke and also the Saxon Pub and uh, venues like that that are keeping that scene alive. That That's one of the main reasons I came to Texas, and they're still here. I'm still here, so I'm thankful for that. Did you see some music last night? Um, actually, I didn't last night. Uh, now, presently, after working at several other different radio stations in my career, uh I'm working at Austin City Limits Live at the Moody Theater, where we do concerts. I'm sure uh, most people in Austin are aware of that. Lots yeah, just of little concerts. Live shows. <laughs> huge concerts. Huge. Just a little television show. Yes. And then that little television show, Austin City Limits, which is taped there live. And we've got lots of tapings uh, coming up 
for South by Southwest, and they haven't been announced yet. They're just kind of in the rumor stage. Uh, but one of the artists that we're going to have for South by Southwest this year, I'm going to, this is not really a spoiler because it's already been announced, is Iggy Pop will be at ACL Live in March. Yeah. So I'm very excited about that. Cool, cool. Yeah, he's, I was watching uh, some Anthony Bourdain the other day, and it's just so strange to just see him, you know, just at a, in a cafe drinking coffee, just having a really <laughs> civil conversation and, you know, not not doing the Iggy Pop thing. Being an ordinary human being who yeah, just being likes the... to eat nice food. and <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. I'm used to him jumping up and down and maybe cursing at the audience, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, I, I've met some doing the Airbnb thing, people that haven't even heard of, you know, that TV, that, that TV show of, of Austin City Limits. And it's so, that's so surprising to me that like, uh, you know, people coming from Pittsburgh or Chicago and, and places like that. And they're like, oh yeah, I'll, uh, I'll go check that out on, on PBS, I guess. <laughs> yes. I have to say that when I was growing up, of course I was always real into music, uh, even as a little girl, but I watched Austin City Limits, uh, on the local PBS station in Minnesota, and I always thought someday I'm going to go there, and I did many times. That was a perk of working at a radio station uh, at KVET and later at uh, KGSR, for where I worked 17 years, that we would be able to be part of that audience. Uh, and it's so funny because one of my great aunts one time when I was home for Christmas said, I saw you on TV, and I'm like, uh, where? And she said, you were in the audience for Charlie Daniels on Austin City Limits, and she was like 80 years old then, but I was so happy she watched it. So I, your friend your friend Tracy Schultz, you, were, you mentioned the other day. So I think I met him actually uh, on the set of Mile American. Someone had introduced me to him while we were uh, break, we, we breaked for lunch, and I think I talked to him. So that I, don't, I just that was a weird thought when you were just like you should yeah. you should friend him on Facebook and I did. He certainly uh, he's certainly out and about. He a, is a guy about town. He gets out more than I do. I really uh, think so. And, and Tracy uh, uh, does a show on co-op right now. Not just local stuff, but is music for you? Is it gotten better or worse? So a lot of things just kind of repeating. You see cycles repeating. Well, I I don't think, uh, with the exception of Sun Radio, uh, Co-op, and KUTX, I don't think there's the DJ choice that there was, that if you're a certain format, it's almost a, a computerized kind of thing where your log is printed out for you and there isn't a lot of choice where, as in the early days of KGSR when I was there, uh, if one of my friends was playing that night, I could throw on their CD and uh, play a track. It's like if you'd like to hear more, go to the Continental Club. Or, <laughs> and so that, a couple of DJs that ruined that for everybody, uh, I guess. Yeah. Well, it was it was a real pleasure to do that. And yeah, uh, yeah, that's really nice when you can do that. It was, and we did have the freedom of choice, not all the time, but you know, a lot. Like I, I think. You know, in an evening or an afternoon, I could pay, play a friend of mine as long as they were uh, had a, a good recording, were playing live. I could pitch them their show coming up, and and a song. You know, and a lot of times we'd have them up to the station as well. 
Have you have you been able to tour any uh, studios across the country? You know, any of the uh, the famous legendary studios like Muscle Shoals or Arden, any any places like that? No, I haven't really. As far as recording studios, that I've been to a few recording studios uh, here in Austin, and that were really wonderful. And of course, uh, I'm not as technical as someone who'd have a recording studio, but it's always interesting to me to see, uh, well, what I would call a board, you know, and what people can do with sound now, how it can be, uh, the maybe, mastering of maybe it is too, fascinating. Maybe too much manipulation happening. Maybe. It's not as raw as it, as it should be. But as, you know, we're talking today, there are people making music on the internet, you know, on their yeah. uh, own podcast or on Facebook or uh, YouTube videos, so... It, the pay thing with music is so muddled and crazy right now that how you really make money, uh, but it's easier to make a record than it used to be and less expensive depending on what it is you want to do exactly. And in some cases, I don't think a whole album is necessary even anymore that just a few songs or yeah. uh, a couple that you have out to have people hear what you do. Yeah, that's a that slippery slope of... Well, it's so available, and I want people to, you know, I want it to be easily found, and yeah, put it out there in on the internet, out on the in the world. That's it. We want our streaming sites and things like that. Definitely, and we want our friends. Weird concept. Yeah, and now there a lot of it. So much as we all know that are on Facebook, it's a funding. You know, it's people raising contributions for uh, their album to be made. Which is a good thing, uh, but it's just so different. It isn't like uh, you buy their record at the store, you play it, you hear it on the radio, and it isn't the same path that it used to be. But, you know, still similar in in many ways. I was thinking about last night, just, or thinking about Blockbuster going out of business, but that whole, you know, the whole thing of going to the video store once a week, I kind of actually miss that, and just looking around at and getting a movie and bringing that home. But uh, you know the same goes for going and you know buying an album, buying a CD, and it, you know you have that fresh printed smell and un- unwrapping that. And yes. I, I try to do that. I don't do it as much as I should, but uh, and you know it's like it, it's such a weird thing when you, you know, when someone goes, oh, you went and bought a, a CD, like that's weird. <laughs> like, like yeah, because I I like doing that. <laughs> yes, and there's nothing like having it in your hands. I guess I call me old fashioned, but I. I I still like that feeling, and I have to say I still get very excited at uh, CD releases at Waterloo Records and whatever medium they're going to put them out on, maybe later vinyl also, or even start with vinyl now. You never know, but Mm -hmm. uh, Waterloo Records has just been a wonderful place to be tuned in with the awesome music scene and to see uh, not only local acts but national acts there putting out a record release, CD release, whatever you call it now. Yeah. EP, yeah, I guess yeah. a lot of people are just sticking to the EPs. They don't need a long, long album anymore. Unless they want to do that as an artistic expression, like a concept album. Yeah. But for radio airplay, it's not necessary. If you've got like a really good uh, single, even, or a couple of songs, that's all you need. Working at the Moody Theater, any shows? Oh, yes. Or any shows or tapings that... There are so many that I... I've been lucky enough to work there since the doors opened, and I've seen 
Aretha Franklin twice. I've seen Elton John twice. I've seen Bruce Springsteen. And, uh, oh, so many people. Uh, the Neville brothers. Aaron Neville was wonderful. Joe Bonamassa recently. He was wonderful. As you can tell, I like all kinds of music. I well, have, He's kind of like a guitar prodigy he's, type of guy, right? He's like a master jazz guitar player. Okay. Yeah, he's fabulous. He plays in One World Theater sometimes, and we were so happy to have him at our venue. When they go out to get a band, you know, with the newer bands, do they are they looking for like a really solid body of work, or sometimes is it okay? This is they're popular right now. Let's put put them on the show, or is there a real like kind of a strict criteria of? Well, that is totally up to Terry Lacona who's the producer of Austin City Limits. Mm -hmm. And it's always been uh, his choice, who he wants to have uh, taped. And I think it's all that. It's it's legendary artists, uh, but it's also new artists as well. Like Kendrick Lamar did a fabulous uh, Austin City Limits taping this winter that'll be coming out in the next uh, season. And uh, Angelique Kijo, who's been around for a long time. And uh, some of the uh, newer artists, too, like uh, Gary Clark is fabulous. And he will be playing uh, the venue here uh, coming up in two months. It's already sold out. And he did a great Austin City Limits taping last year. Leon Bridges did a great taping from Mm -hmm. uh, this season as well. Went so, to went to dishwasher to to yeah yes. hitting it big. Well, that's it. You know, he you do the things you have to do to sustain yourself and mm-hmm. be able to do music at the same time. So sometimes they're not glamorous jobs, but they're jobs that you can pick up and put down, and they pay the bills while you're. Well, it's always your it's career. always cool to see you know to see things stories like A that. Rags to riches story, as yeah. they say, right. I haven't uh, I haven't seen him live yet, but yeah, he's making some good music. Absolutely, and has been on Saturday Night Live and a lot of already. national TV yeah, already, shows. Already did SNL. Yes. Wow. Yes, absolutely. What's on your mind? Well, a lot of people ask me when they find out that I've been in radio for so many years. You know, off and on. I think I'll throw in there. I also worked at Magic ninety five for five years where we didn't get to play a lot of local artists, but it was still nice music. It was a good experience. Uh, But getting into radio, a lot of people ask me about how to get into radio. And of course, uh, I would say being a, uh, like I was in my little story telling you that I had been an intern twice while I was in school, once when I was in high school for two years. And then later I was an intern at a Minneapolis news station while I was going to Brown Institute of Broadcasting. And I think I'd always recommend that, always, being an intern, doing college radio, uh, so that you see see the people that are working there and have contact with them when something comes up. And maybe you won't get to start there. Maybe you have to start at a station that isn't quite that famous or big or popular, but just having the experience and having proof of your work, like... Uh, it used to be cassettes in my day, but now, like, just something that would show 
uh, what how you sound, what your voice is like, and the experience that you've had, and then build it up, build it up. And I think in Austin right now, working at co-op or KAZI, uh, stations that take volunteers, or the UT student radio station, uh, would be a good way to get your foot in the door and then keep going until you get a better job, until you get more hours, till they pay you, till, and be willing to move around, be willing to move around. That uh, some of my friends that have done the best in radio are ones that started at a small country station, went to a city in a nearby state, and kept going up in market size. Yeah. Because that's still the most important thing is the market size that you're coming out of. And it's hard to do if you're attached to Austin. It's, that's hard to, well, I got to go leave to be in a small town. Absolutely. Yeah, small town Absolutely. in Kansas. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Unless you just know you're, you give yourself a time limit to do it for a year, uh, move to a larger market, a larger market, and end up back in Austin. That that If you have the freedom to do that. But I have to admit, once... I came to Austin. I didn't want to go anyplace else. I'm a perfect example of that, that I just made my life here and did whatever I had to do to stay. Who's one of your favorite artists right now that, local or otherwise, that you just keep keep going back to? Or keep wearing out a song or an album by them? Well, it'll always be Willie Nelson. Yeah? It'll always be Willie Nelson that... Uh, I just knew he was special the first time I heard him, and it's not just, it is his music, but it's more than music, at that he is such a kind, generous person, and the causes that he has lent his name to, I just feel like, what a good human being, that I wish Willie could run for president, but that I don't know. That would be know. fantastic. <laughs> I don't know about meeting with foreign dignitaries, you know, they might... Uh, yeah, it's they might you know relax a little too much and then forget about everything you know. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just drink a beer and hang out. That's yeah, that's or something. Yeah, yes, or something but of that nature. He, he has a good intentions. I think a local artist that I really have been excited about is a new band actually called Big Cat that Melford Milligan is in. He's the lead singer, of course, and uh, Dave Seabree, who has the uh, Austin School of Music, and uh, also Les Fisher's the drummer. Let's see if I can. Roscoe Beck uh, plays bass, and Stefano Intelligenzo plays the keyboards. And uh, they recently played at Antones, and they're playing the one-to-one coming up here soon. And uh, exciting sound, local guys mm-hmm. and they've got a cd out that you can get at waterloo records and at their shows and it's really really good and it's like austin like kind of kind of blues kind of rock kind of a little bit of everything and you went to you went to the new antone spot last yes. week to see them right <laughs> yes and yeah. it was uh, the new antones is great that i i love the sound uh the room is comfortable uh it's right in the center of the entertainment district, like on 5th Street, right around the corner from Eddie V's. And uh, we were very comfortable, had a great time, and I can't wait to see many more shows there. It's just one of the best things that's happened, I think. Uh, probably the best thing that's happened in 2016 so far is that we've got an Antones again, that it seemed like it wasn't really Austin without uh, an Antones that Clifford would be 
so happy. Maybe he is happy looking down on us now and yeah. knowing we yeah. still have his club. I was thinking they might have uh, started where the Arts Rib House was. That seemed like a good spot, but I guess pretty kind of a small, I guess the lot's a little small for what they needed, but that's still that's still up for grabs right now. Yes, that's right. Last and I checked. A lot of the Arts Rib House people have gone to El Mercado on first and uh, for the the Monday night show that Christine Albert does there with a host of other players that uh, you can drop in and uh, and spend Monday night at El Mercado. And that's a, the, the scene that came from Arts Rib House and actually started with a bummer night, bummer night with Sarah Elizabeth Campbell <laughs> at La Zona Rosa. La Zona Rosa. Yes. And I haven't it, heard that in a while. I know. Saw many great shows there, too, but... Would you? Uh, where would you want a guest be a guest DJ if you could? Uh, if there's a if there's a station somewhere that you could be a guest DJ for a for a week or a night. Either uh, Sun or KUTX because they have the formats that I know the artists that I'm the most familiar with, and I I like what they do. One of the programs that uh, I used to board operate on KGSR when I wasn't live on the air was E Town. And E-Town is a wonderful show out of Boulder, Colorado, that uh, they play rootsy kind of music. Uh, many local Austin artists have been on the show, as well as a lot of great national artists like John Prine. Uh, Jimmy Dale Gilmore has been on it. And they always have a cause of the week, too, and they play fabulous music. And if I could be affiliated with a syndicated show, that's one that I would really like, E-Town. Mm-hmm. I'll check that out. It's it's great. Sun Radio runs it now on Sunday afternoon. And they have a new spot. They moved. How big of a move did they make from their their original? Well, they went from uh, Dripping Springs, where they were known as K-Drip, and had uh, not as big a signal. Uh, now they have several signals, depending on where you are, but I think the biggest, loudest one is 100.1 Sun Radio. Mm-hmm. So... Not to sound like an ad, advertising for them, but uh, but it really is the. Uh, it's great radio. It is. It's really good radio. It makes you feel good about the state of radio. That it isn't <laughs> yeah. all about money and advertising. I'm, although you need money and advertising too. I'm not making small uh, about that. But uh, the music is really high quality, and they play lots of local artists. Are you doing any voiceover work right now, or? Uh What's been going on with the, you know, you're working on movies or voiceover stuff with you? Uh, well, I have uh, done things in TV shows and movies, uh, not real recently. I played a teacher extra on Friday Night Lights for a couple of years, actually, and that was a wonderful experience. Uh, I do some voiceovers for the State of Texas agency uh, that I work at sometimes for uh like industrials, I guess is what we would call them. Mm-hmm. Like uh, uh, the voice describing elevator safety or cosmetology things or uh, things like that. And I have done some other voiceovers, like for the city of Houston and uh, like companies that want like a nice female voice. So I do that sometimes when I have time that I have an audition tape that I'll send out. Uh, a lot of that is done through the internet now also. 
But it's always a good idea, too, to have a local agent and have them find work for you. Yeah. So. I was thinking about our, you know, our our paths crossing from the uh, my my short time at MCI and doing that whole thing, <laughs> doing that, working there, and my grandmother worked there for a long time, and I was, of course, I was just doing when I worked there, just the grunt work at the 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 end end days of MCI, doing the grunt work on the phones. But you also worked there at a short period of time when I was there in a completely different department, but. I was yes. th- I was thinking about that. That's one of our little our paths crossing in the past 15 years. Yes, I worked at MCI for a long time and, and did part-time radio on the side. Uh, and I was a, a trainer at MCI and a supervisor for years, as well as I had been on the phone. Uh, after I left KVET, I actually did a show called Dixie's Barn Bus Stop with, uh, on the Texas Music Network. And it was a Butch Hancock production with a, another guy named George Howard from West Texas. And Joe Ely was uh, instrumental in it as well. And I worked at that for about uh, a little less than a year. And I sold advertising for them, made announcements for them, and uh, did a few little commercial spots. And after that, I thought, what shall I do now? And I ended up working at the phone company, MCI. And I actually really, really liked it. It was using my voice. It was uh, being friendly to people, and uh, I ended up before there. they were before they were mad at MCI. <laughs> yeah, there was always you know an element of that, but yeah. uh, it was it was a really good company. It was wonderful to meet your grandmother there. I worked with her for many years, and I run into people all the time that I'll go. I remember you from somewhere, you know, and it's like MCI, KGSR, KVET. You know, it's like we kind of oh yes and. But I loved being a trainer there. And I was later a web trainer at uh, Hoover's, uh, which is more commonly known probably as Dunn and Bradstreet. Did you know Did you know Paul Ray? I did know Paul Ray. He wasn't a close friend of mine. But I do remember very well when I first moved to Austin, I moved here for Progressive Country. And then I found so much more. And I used to go listen to the Cobras at the Austex Lounge, mm-hmm. which is now the Magnolia Cafe on the, Congress. On Congress, okay. Yes. And I was just mem- mesmerized by the Cobras. I thought they were so wonderful. And Paul Ray was uh, the lead singer. And, uh, so I, and I listened to Twine Time faithfully. If I wasn't on the radio myself, I was listening to Twine Time every Saturday night. So... That's a huge, huge loss in Austin radio, which is almost, you know, everybody that was familiar with his work and his show, I know, feels that. Yeah, so so much respect for that for that guy, and you know, just a you know, awesome body of work and the and the achieve you know the achievements that he was able to to and do. Keeping that R and B music alive from the fifties, sixties. Keeping it alive. Yes, keeping it going and, you know, having people know who did what music that I couldn't wait to hear what he played. It was always an adventure. All right, Barbara Joe, thank you very much for coming on Music Farmer. Thank you, Ben, for having a great podcast. And uh, thank you so much for having me, and it's a pleasure to know you. I appreciate it. All right, nice talking to you. All right, that is the show. Quick turnaround on episode 13. Make quick business of that, so stay tuned. Thanks for listening. 
Go get you some soup.